IndependentLeft.News. Indy. What's up, Indy? Indy News Network. Indy. I get news from Independent Left. IndependentLeft.News. IndependentLeft.News. Indy Left Media. Independent Left News. Indy Left. Independent Left News. Independent Left Media. Indy Media. Indy Left. Indy. 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 Indy Left News. Indy Left. Hi, Indy. Indy Left News. Subscribe to Indy News Network. We're world building. Your your way of assisting, I feel like, is really cool. IndependentLeft.News. IndependentLeftNews. I'm a huge fan. He created INN. The founder of uh, Independent News Network. Indy is the founder of Indy News Network. Thank you, IndependentLeft.News. A huge thank you and shout out to Indy Left. Everyone, check out Indy Left News. Hey, Indy Left. IndependentLeft.News. Indy. Indy. Hi, Indy. Indy Left. Indy Left News. Indy News. Independent Media. Independent Left News has done an amazing job. <laughs> yes, you hear that little giggle because uh, how funny. Uh, this is hi everybody. This is Indy. Uh, this is this is friends of Indy left. And let me turn off that little that little hi there. All right, we got chat there. Hi everybody. Like I I, I do have fee waiting, but I did want to give her like a proper introduction and do like a whole show thing. And we only have an hour, so I want to be quick. Welcome everyone to Friends of Indy Left, and thank you so much for being here and checking this out. I'm so excited about the show. Thought it'd be a great way for us to learn a little bit more about the people whose analysis that we amplify regularly in independent left news, leftists today, and in Discord, uh, in independent left GG. There's a reason why we include their content in our aggregator site, and we want you to see what we see. And episode 11 is a super special episode because this is a really good friend of, of mine, Indy Lefts, the brilliant, beautiful, fiery, and talented Fiorella Isabel from both the Convo Couch and more recently, RT International. And she's live from Moscow right here, where she moved earlier this year. These rants are legendary. She's incredibly outspoken and accomplished as a journalist and broadcaster. And I want to say the Convo Couch has been a featured outlet in independent left news for more than two years. And she's a member of the MCSC network of family of channels. Uh, India, I'm excited really to talk with her. We're going to talk about her career, election integrity, for life and struggle of independent journalism and uh, New York Chicago pizza rivalry. So, Fiorella, welcome! Yay! Oh my goodness, look at that. See, I didn't hide my own self view. Rookie move. Welcome, Fee. <laughs> hi. See, hi. She's, she's all she's all shy and hi and giggly. Hi. No. She doesn't get introduced like that often. So, welcome. How are you? Hi. I'm good. I'm good here. Uh, you know. From Moscow. Yes, you are Putin from territory. From Putin territory. You well, we're all Putin puppets now, and and we are we are all agents apparently. And she constantly tells you us are. that that we're all agents. So awesome. Um, thank yeah. you for that. Yeah. I appreciate that. I'm I'm still awaiting my first check, and and that would be fun. Um, It'll arrive in vodka. Yeah. So uh, again. I have been following Fiorella and the Convo Couch pretty much since I started watching independent media uh, and and discovered that there were other channels beyond Jimmy Dore and TYT. Um, that was in about 2019, I would say, the end of 2019. And what an arc it's been. And, and I have to say, um, you've been an amazing friend. Um, I reached out when I first started aggregating news and content, and Fiorella has been nothing but a hundred percent supportive she's as tough as nails but and 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 she'll she'll hold you to account but but like one of the most supportive people for from this project 
from understanding what we're trying to do here and and again i i can't i can't gush enough about about you know the you talk to anyone and and that it's it just as down to earth as anyone can be um so tell me about a little bit about like how many people come at you like every day with good stuff bad stuff what your DMs have got to be the most insane thing that I've ever I've ever experienced. Um, you're you know look you you have tens of thousands of followers. I, we have like these little small followings. It's like we don't even understand what it's like to have that kind of volume of notifications of DMs and to get through all of it and read. Through. How do you, how do you, how do you do that? <laughs> uh, nobody asked me that actually. It's 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 quite overwhelming. Um, you know, so I, I try to talk to everybody as much as I can. Uh, there will be the occasional, hey, from some random dude uh, that <laughs> I, I'm not going to respond to uh, because I don't know who you are. <laughs> and so that's weird. Can you say something more elaborate than hey? But if I don't follow a person and they say something that is, you know, like, because my DMs are open. Um that is like newsworthy or something like I talk to them, you know, I talk to as many people as I can. And I think it's important to uh, talk to people um, because we're all human beings and I don't really want to replicate the same hierarchical structures uh, that I see a lot in quote unquote independent media even now. Um, but a lot of mainstream media, right, where you, people are un unreachable, these anchors, these journalists are they're, they're like, you can't talk to them. Um, but also um, it's overwhelming in terms of there's so much you want to cover. Sometimes people come with a story and you have to verify it. There's a lot of people that say they're whistleblowers, that they're this and that. And I just, it's hard to do that via Twitter because it's just not a safe platform. Like it's just, it's just everything is, it's, it's not private. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, I try to respond to people. I try to keep up with what people are saying and have my pulse on to what people are, are feeling at the moment. Uh, it's very different being here in Russia and what people here pay attention to versus what people in the United States pay attention to. But I've noticed that even when I went to Latin America, it's completely different what people pay attention to there as well. So I, I think going to these places has really made me have less patience when it comes to a lot of the bullshit that goes on in the United States, uh, because it's just so far from what we should be focused on. Um, right. And so I, I'm really thankful to to be in Moscow, to be to have traveled a lot. And that was, of course, in part uh, by because of the fans that watch the Convo Couch that have supported us throughout these years since Pasta and I started this. And obviously we we have uh, when we started this in late 2017, we had a completely uh, more local and more um, U.S. based uh, focus. And then mm -hmm. that grew exponentially towards international politics so yeah it's a lot it's, it's, it's overwhelming there's so many social media sites that I try to pay attention to and there's still one more I haven't conquered I haven't even tried I'm barely on Instagram I'm trying to post more there more there but TikTok is something I haven't really done very much uh so I'm kind of looking to doing that soon yeah, uh, again, I can't really figure out TikTok and the few people in our space <laughs> who have tried TikTok, you know, they get a lot of views, but it doesn't seem to really deliver to much more than views on TikTok that I've seen. Yeah. Like it just it stays in that walled garden. It doesn't translate to them coming to your streams or 
or supporting Patreon or doing anything else. It's fun. It gets you visibility and it's decent content for Instagram stories is what I find. And for like reels and that type of thing. Um, but, you know, I, I asked about platforms, but I will. I do want to talk about just how accomplished you have been as a journalist. You know, a lot of people throw all kinds of crap at you. But you guys have been covering elections for the last four years, at least. You've been covering, you covered Force the Vote, on the ground protest, January 6th. Um, uh, you, you got shot at at Nancy Pelosi's place. You covered Echo Park and them e evicting the homeless people there. You have been incredibly detailed in your coverage of the Julian Assange case. You've done countless interviews with uh, tons of the most fascinating people um again as a now this is this is like your full-time career you decided to do this as an independent journalist how hard is that to to kind of dedicate and decide this is what i'm going to do and i'm going to i'm going to make this my life my career and 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 survive uh, on on this i mean it's it's ama it's amazing it really is and and we need more of it and it's it's inspiring seriously so how, um, how do you decide to well, do that? Um, well, it just started with these uh, issues that I felt like weren't being addressed by mainstream media in 2017 with pasta. And of course, we had come from the entertainment industry, both of us. But we also worked um, in the hospitality industry. So we saw literally what people went through, both people who were from immigrants, working in the kitchen and people who were servers, young people, older people, people with families. And so you see the working class there. Some people were trying to get through school. Some people were artists, just like we were. And some people were just, that was what they wanted to do as a career. And um, you really start paying attention, paying attention in LA, like to the wealth disparity, right? And um, I'd always wanted to, I was always pretty outspoken and pretty um, loud about the things I believed in. So that's nothing's changed uh, in that regard. Like at every place that I worked, I would try to ensure there was fairness in the workplace. So there's not like that is, this is just completely just who I am as a person. I just, you know, I'm always going against the people who are just unfair and like corrupt power. And so I figured, why don't we just take our camera experience? Because believe it or not, a lot of people, um, it, it's, you can have a lot of ideas, you can be a great writer, but when it comes to camera, people just sort of get weird about a camera. Um, so Pasta and I like came together and we decided to do a show. And of course that really uh, became our driving force, right? And then we started really, really getting into it really because you can't, there's so much news to cover. And there was especially a lot coming out of the Bernie Sanders election the first time. Um, and of course, the loss of that, I, I think I cried for two weeks um, when B Bernie was cheated. Um, and so there was like, there was a, just a huge, like, I think, hole that wasn't being addressed. And so we just went on it. And we we really tried to survive doing other jobs to try to uh, supplement our income as much as we could. And then at one point, we were able to do it for a little bit by ourselves. Um, of course, it was very, I mean, we, we, we didn't make a lot of money and there was a lot of sacrifices made. And you can't really do this work without, uh, I mean, I don't think you can do it right just when you're focused on the money because 
really, um, it's hard, it's tedious, it's a lot of work. And even now working for RT, the the level of work that we did, we did the job of like five people. We still do when we do our stuff. Like we we don't, you know, Johnny, when Johnny was with, with us and Johnny's my brother, when he did the engineering work of that takes like eight, nine people on RT, like he did it all by himself. And so us, we did the work of like, you know, like 10 people or so as well. And you see what goes into making a, a network like like RT and you see so many people working behind the scenes. Well, we were doing that for with very few people. And it's a lot of work. It's a lot of it's it's just a lot of, of blood, sweat and tears. It's a lot of um, you're always working. I don't think I don't think I ever stop working, even when I'm not working on RT because I'm working on the combo couch. And when I'm not working, I'm reading all this stuff. And a lot, a lot of people who are traditional journalists who come from like a traditional journalist background, um, because I did go to school for journalism, but I didn't take the traditional journalist route, mm -hmm. meaning go work for like a local news and all of that. A lot of people that go into journalism for anchors and, and reporters and stuff, they don't necessarily pay attention to the news as much as we do. I think we're like obsessed. I think we're workaholics. Mm. Yeah. Uh, we pay attention to it all the time. And so and so it really surprised me when I started seeing like that a lot of people just don't really know things. And I think that definitely brings a different perspective into working at a network like RT where it's a little bit more traditional based and um in, in whereas we do a lot of like online social media stuff where I think there could be, uh, you know, certain progress to be made. And I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm glad, you know, myself and Rachel, who's also here, um, a great colleague of mine, she's awesome. And I think we definitely add to that as well, like that social media aspect of, of understanding that those platforms on YouTube and stuff. Well, and, and it's really important to understand new media to stay connected to the people. That's, again, one of the things that I, I found that you, you do more than just about anybody else who has any kind of a decent sized platform is your willingness to pretty much engage and talk with anybody and, and your openness about it. And they better they better come at you with facts. They better they you know, they better be respectful or they're going to get they're going to get their head bitten off and pretty quickly. And and they should. But, he says uh, this from personal experience. That's I, why he's I, I have I have no idea what she's talking about. I've always I've always come with love and respect, but I have never I, you know, nobody's always right all the time. And and Fee has definitely been one to check me on some of the people that 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 I've included in our newsletter. And how how come you're including these these guys that you realize that they're like completely focused on Trump at this point. Right. And that they're not even like focused on any other issue. Right. Um. I don't want to call out any names, um, but uh, we, we I don't think we need to do that. But RDMs literally go back to the, the the weekend that I started and changed the name over from Progressive News Daily to Independent Left News. You hear at the beginning of the, of the theme song, Pasta Say, Independent Left News. He was the first person and I was in their chat and I was the first person to, to in there one day and he, he, he shouted it out. And actually, Fee actually did an interview with a guy named Tom from the new left. Do you remember that? It was like two years, it was actually one of the best interviews you've ever done. It was an hour and 45 minutes. It was so in depth. And he and Pasta was getting the two of us confused, the new left, independent left. And meanwhile, that guy, I don't think he's done another thing in our space since that interview. And I've been here every single day since. It's just kind of the funniest kind of turn because he, he was getting the two of us confused. You're like, no, 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 independent. He's the one who does the lists on, uh, on Instagram. Like, Yep, that that was really cool. 
Um, and that was like my first shout out ever, ever on, on camera. And, and I'll never forget it again, just super supportive from day one. And, and I, I appreciate it. Um, again, it's just been about amplifying independent content creators who really are digging into the stories. And one of the reasons why I think I found you early on was because of election in integrity. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about Florida 23. Um, you went and covered that pretty closely. I seem to recall it, was it the primary that you covered or was it, was it in the general? Uh, the, was it the Debbie? Which it, was, one? it was the Debbie Wasserman Schultz one, right? Oh, uh, yes, versus, yes, yes. And, yes. And, and that was versus Jen. Oh, it was Tim Canova. You covered the Tim Canova one in, in 2018. Well, the Tim Canova one, Nico covered um, more extensively in 20, I think that was 20, uh, 2016. Mm -hmm. um, and then we covered it a few, the the the, the, the next one, I think, uh, where it was Jen Perlman running mm -hmm. against Debbie Wasserman Schultz. We've definitely played, we've definitely looked at work with Tim Canova for a while though. Uh, but yeah, that one, I mean, we literally went to uh, her district and we were looking at what was going on and how Debbie pretty much controls everything. Uh, it's so hard to get anything out of there. And um, of course, uh, we are no longer uh, close to Jen Perlman as an understatement of the year. But I mean, that election was completely, um, you know, unfair. I mean, it, it, it's a game. It's, it, it, they operate like gangs, you know, like they don't allow third parties in and they are not going to allow third parties in. And so it's just, that's just the way it is, especially in a state where, um, like Florida, where it's just a closed primary. Well, your coverage honestly was so eye-opening to me on this because one of the things that I saw and, and was, people forget all of this, that they had one of the voting things was in a gated community. You guys had to go through a gate and yeah. show ID. So even even though there was no quote unquote voter ID, just to get to the thing, you actually had to show ID to begin with. So that was one of the big things that was completely, you know, kind of poll taxi and totally illegal. I remember you guys actually ran into uh Debbie in one of the one of the things and she recognized <laughs> pasta with the hat. Uh and then the other thing was something about chain of custody. I don't remember if that was in Florida or Johnny was following somebody with ballot boxes and the dude just puts it in his trunk. Nobody's around. There's yeah. nothing signed off on. And I'm like, how the hell is this going? You guys, nobody else was covering that kind of stuff. Okay. And, yeah. And that was in Florida and California, both where that. Yeah. Some no of us of know custody, like in the at all. You know, um, the you know how how Johnny went out and and he's standing out there for the the county commissioner stuff for I think it was California sixty two. Um, again, I watched a lot of your content, obviously, <laughs> and and share it with everybody. And everybody should, by the way, if you're not subbed to the Convo Couch, if you're not following Fiorella, all her links, everything is in the doobly doos in the descriptions. Definitely sub, follow, share, amplify the hell out of her stuff. RT is getting suppressed. I went to search, for example, RT.com on Twitter. Um, it is, they do have a Twitter account at RT underscore COM. Actually, Fiorella has yeah. it pinned, pinned on her on her Twitter uh, bio. Um, but if you search it, it does not show up at all in searches ever. You have to literally go to the link or type it in to get to that page. I mean, 
And that's the kind of suppression. That's just a t- a tiny little thing that they're doing. Um, but you are no no stranger to suppression. Um, we've seen what the convo couch has gone through effectively since January sixth, um, twenty twenty one. Right? It was just weeks after that you guys got demonetized on YouTube, right? Yeah, yeah, we got demonetized for talking about elections. Um, and also so many videos taken down because of COVID, so many strikes like uh, because of COVID. Um, it was elections and COVID that really did it for us. Obviously there was a few videos that were um, on imperialism and that were constantly, we were pretty much not relying on any sort of advertising because all of our videos would be like essentially uh, demonetized to some degree, if not fully. But mm-hmm. we were still uh, using the super chats that really helped us out a lot. And then when YouTube really demonetized us completely, um, they were taking away the mechanism for people to support us in the easiest way because it's so easy when people are watching YouTube to be like, oh, let me send a super chat, blah, blah, blah. And it's just what people knew how to do and they took that away. And so that that's really what really did a huge dent on us, took like over a third of our income um, because it was just, you know, they just decided that we were, uh, you know, pushing uh, conspiracy theories. Um, and obviously now where we're at, uh, they've admitted that they've meddled in the election. We're talking about when we were looking at the Hunter Biden laptop story. I, I, did, I just did a video on that. And uh, all of the things that went into manipulating, at the very least, uh, you know, the perception of the 2020 election. And so, um, you know, we're just more people now are talking about this because we're coming into the midterms and then we're coming into the presidential election in 2024. So more people are talking about this now. But in that moment, we were persona non grata. I mean, we were like not allowed. We were what we were told we were completely even by like journalists who like you think we should know better. No, we were like told we were conspiratorial. And that was a precursor to COVID. Because after that, that was just, you know, after Russia Gate, it was that. And then it was it was COVID. So it was all these things combined. And, um, you know, not to toot our own horn, but we did end up on the right side of all of these issues um, among one of some of the first people to do it. And it's because we we see this pattern that keeps reoccurring, right? We see that the, the, it's part of the empire. The empire uses the same type of mechanisms to really get people to manufacture consent for war, manufacture consent for the surveillance state to expand, et cetera. So um, when we were there on, on January 6th, we, we couldn't even post any videos. Uh, they had like completely shut down the internet, made it impossible. They And even when we tried to post it, they would say it was misinformation, even though it was literally like footage on the ground. And then of course, the worst thing that happened was the FBI took our, our footage and uh, used it in a case against the uh, death of a police officer. And then uh, CNN, MSNBC, all of these networks took it in TYT, used our footage, didn't give us credit. Right. And uh, basically we're still trying to get some money out of them, but they used the, the, the mechanism that the FBI used it in a uh, report. So therefore it was fair use. But if we try to use their stuff, forget it. Like it, it's just completely unfair. So enter Rockfin into the world and thank goodness for Rockfin. Yeah. Um, where will we be without Rockfin today? Uh, and, and I want to give a shout out to our friends over there. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, luckily we had been cultivating an audience on Rockfin uh, before because if we had it, and we could, because we did expect at some point, looking at how things were going, that this was going to happen eventually, and it did, and it's been happening more and more to people now. But I mean, it definitely happened a long time ago, uh, specifically on those issues. And, you know, there was a lot of people that refused to talk about those things because they specifically said, oh, we're afraid of getting deplatformed on YouTube. And, you know, and it, it's always been about getting the information out to us. So that's even why we go on YouTube. It's because we want to get the information out to people that don't really can't get on Rockfin or whatever. They have like some sort of aversion to it or they can't figure it out. So they can go to Rockfin via YouTube. So they see that there are other platforms. We just went on Rumble. Um, you know, we're trying to expand in as many places as we can, but it's just like, it, it shouldn't be that way, but that's what we should do. I don't think it, the answer is to flat out quit YouTube. I think it's it's to use YouTube as like a vehicle to other outlets as well. You know, this is actually something, and I love to, that, that you're here and talking about this, because it's something that literally Reef and I were talking about this morning uh, with regard to both INN and my channel, I struggle with this too. And you know that I'm on every platform, kind of like you guys are trying to be. Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, we're literally live on 10 platforms, including where we are embedded in my in independent left news. We are live on Substack because you can watch this embedded on YouTube in Substack. We're on Telegram because, you know, I think that would be really a, a place for the convo couch. And because you've got a pretty dedicated Telegram following, to potentially expand your reach is to stream live to Telegram as well. It's just literally an RTMP and a click button that you have to actually click on the thing in your Telegram app on your desktop in order to go live. But uh, you can actually send the Convo Couch stream right to right to Telegram. Uh, that that's one way. And platform diversification has been so key. But you know how you decide what do you put on which platform and how much time does it take to cut all of these um trailers and edit all of the clips and then upload them to each individual platform build out different thumbnails and write descriptions and titles i mean it's it's exhausting you you need a crew you need a team um and and we need we've got a phenomenal team of volunteers here thank goodness uh over at at inn and we're all content creators ourselves so we do this for ourselves we do this for each other we all kind of help each other out and Honestly, I was I was inspired by the MCSC model um, as well as by the RBN slash Fred Hampton leftist model, and I think they were also inspired by by you guys. Uh, what Nico built and what you guys started, uh, literally, fam. I mean, it's uh, and, and look where we are now. I mean, now now there's INN um, where we are streaming live to like six different INN channels and as well as all the independent left channels. This didn't exist two years ago. And, you know, this woman sitting here is, is one of the reasons why it still does, uh, you know, her, her support and, and the content that she makes and the coverage that she and Richard Medhurst and, and, and Jimmy Dore and Lee camp and Caitlin Johnstone. And I mean, hundreds, I mean, there's only about, maybe 200 people, outlets, streamers, content creators. I hate, I know Alex Rubenstein hates the words content creators. And he said he was going to punch me because I used the <laughs> words content creator. But, but it, how, how do you describe everything we do? I mean, uh, again, not to toot my own horn or to toot your own horn, but holy crap. I mean, you want to talk about the, the diversity of being able to, 
to really run your own full channel and 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 have the kind of subs that the combo couch does i mean it's it's something it's exhausting um i see you and you know you're up at three o'clock in the morning working on stories and answering dms and it takes dedication like that and and there's not enough of us and we're all psycho people again say that we're obsessed and we're crazy and but I think we need the crazy and obsessed in order to bring the stories and to expose the corruption. Uh, I, I want to give a special shout out to another MCSC family member, Robbie Yeager, speaking of exposing the corruption. You know, you guys have also been instrumental in amplifying his voice and, and making sure that your audience, and again, in what MCSC has done, um, just just awesome. Um, I, I sound like Chris Farley. That was awesome. But uh so julian assange case talk to me about october 8th uh are you planning on doing anything in moscow how how well versed are they over over there about what's happening uh are they as supportive as we would expect they would be because they're calling out nato and everything that's going on there talk to me about like that from a russia perspective because that that that's fascinating we never really hear that Right. So I'm actually going to be in, um, in between Brazil and Florida during that time. So I will not be able to attend, but people should definitely follow uh, Misty, Sarcasm, Stardust, um, Comrade Misty is Putin's buddy on, mm -hmm. on Twitter uh, for more information on the Washington one. I know there'll be others. So there's going to be one in London at the same time, which I would have liked to have gone to as well, but I won't be here. I'll be on my way back a few days later but in terms of julian assange being um something they talk about yeah i mean he's he's definitely talked about at least on rt oftentimes and he's he's definitely a name that people recognize here um specifically because of the persecution from the united states of an australian citizen that has nothing to do um with the united states and of course the fact that he is in british prison in belmarsh um, because of exposing, you know, U.S. war crimes and a lot of the lies in, of the empire. So he's often talked about, his case is often talked about, um, you know, I do get into se several arguments is what people call him because he's not a, he's not a, um, a whistleblower. He's a publisher and a journalist. So I've had to correct a few people on that. Um, a whistleblower would be Edward Snowden, Chelsea Manning, he is a publisher and a journalist. And so his crime, of course, is real journalism um, through the act of publishing via WikiLeaks. And so, yes, he's definitely somebody that, you know, from a Russian perspective, it just shows the hypocrisy of the United States uh, talking about freedom and democracy and uh, going after Putin for saying he, you know, censors uh, media while simultaneously censoring RT, censoring uh, you know, oppositional media, labeling people Russia state affiliated media, and really, really going after a journalist who isn't an American citizen with the uh, the most ridiculous uh, accusations, basically killing him, essentially. So yeah, I mean, definitely Russia, you know, um, talks about that. And of course, also Edward Snowden is somewhere in Russia. So um that's also another part of it. And as a journalist right now, I feel safer here than I do, than I would living in DC. <laughs> I don't like going to DC. It gives me the creeps. Um, and 
Um, I, you know, just living in the United States, the way things have been going for us, there's been a lot of weird things happening as well. Um, you know, and how the police presence and the surveillance state is expanding so exponentially. Yeah. Uh, I don't think a lot of us are safe, especially with the Ukraine, uh, Russia conflict and how people are being put on kill lists. And, you know, my, my good friend, and and colleague uh, Eva Bartlett is putting her life on the line by going to Donbass and reporting mm. and and doing this. I I believe I always say this all the time. I believe uh, more people need to be on the ground, need to go on the ground, need to go to the the places they uh, are talking about. Uh, you can give uh, somewhat of a decent analysis from the information you have, but it's nothing compared to actually being on the ground. And this is one of the reasons why I took the uh, venture of coming here to really see what it's like. And what I see is completely different than what we're told. And I do plan on going to the Donbass as soon as I can. And I'm not working. Um, I will go there and I will, you know, I want to go to Syria. I want to go to these places because I don't believe in just sitting back in the comfort of my studio as a journalist and then calling myself a journalist and saying, I'm just doing this. Um, I understand that some people can't do it because they have kids and they have this and they have that and whatever the case may be. But at some point, if you're going to be a voice of, of you know of knowledge for a specific region you need to go to that region and this is what pasta and i tried to do even though you know when we cover elections it's not the most um profitable thing to cover it, it's more profitable for us to talk about tyt and how awful they are than it is to talk mm -hmm. about uh you know the elections in nicaragua the elections in honduras and then you know and all of that stuff so we do it because we believe in in the information. We believe in getting this information out. We believe in what we're doing, um, not because we want to make money. And that's why we we never we didn't make a lot of money and why we're we're suppressed and all of that stuff because it's that's not what what we're doing this for. Because we could have totally done it the other way uh, as well, and yeah, we wouldn't you, be having this conversation. <laughs> you guys have never been the clout chasers, as as is the is the uh, the word of the week or whatever it is. Yeah, you guys have never chased. Clout that I've seen, yeah, you've never gone for the big story. You've definitely questioned narratives, even when people didn't want to question those narratives. And again, that's that's what real journalists do, as as our uh, our friends over on Rockfin are saying in the Rockfin chat. Uh, uh, shout out to Rockfin chat. Um, holy crap! Yeah, it, there have been so many. So you've lived in Miami, right? Did, did you ever live in Miami or in in South Florida when I was little? Okay. Yeah. Um, uh, LA, you were living in South, Southern California. You lived in, you're living in Moscow now. Where, where else around the world? Like I wanted to talk about the, the, the different, uh, experiences living in different cities around the world, key friendships and, and, and different, you know, how they shaped you, you know, um, I'm, I'm getting tongue tied. Yeah. Yeah, so um, so technically, I was born in Peru. I was born in Lima, Peru, um, but I my family immigrated to the United States um, very early on. I was about three years old, almost four, around that, um, and I va vaguely remember it over there. I do know that that this goes back to the 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 whole <laughs> hatred of communism in, in Peru because there was this group called the Shining Path that was really, um, I think they ugh, there was a lot of infiltrations there. And I've talked with Franco about this because his family's from there as well. 
Um, and mm -hmm. so basically a lot of the people there blamed this group for the these terrorist attacks. And there was there were a, a lot of those people tied to these terrorist attacks. So there was a lot of immigration from there at that at that point. And so uh, we have family in the United States and we came to Miami and I grew up when I was young in Miami uh, with a bunch of Cubans um, who hate Fidel. Um, and, you know, I, I went to school in, and I learned Spanish and English because if I would have gone to a place that didn't really speak Spanish or teach Spanish, I wouldn't know Spanish the way I know it because you just forget everything when you go to school and everybody speaks English. And so, um, hmm. so I moved there and then I moved throughout Florida to St. Petersburg, um, and then went to New York for about three months, New York city. Uh, Long Island, actually, and then New Jersey, and then um, St. Louis, Missouri, and then Florida, Orlando, and then I was there for a while. And then I I was in LA for the last uh, almost 10 years of my life. I moved to LA. Um, and I was doing writing and also entertainment, you know, um, doing um, promotional modeling and a bunch of stuff like acting and all this stuff. And um, it, you know, it, it's just a completely different world. Um, LA then Florida is just a, two completely different worlds. But um, it was just honestly, it got me a lot further away from Hollywood, just seeing how really it was. And like the, the idea that people have, there was just no so much like little attention paid to the arts. It was more about uh, a business aspect and that's what I didn't like about it it was just you know very like business-minded it was very capitalist it was not about the creativity and the art um and the only reason I didn't go to New York which I think would have been more fitting for my personality is because of the weather because it was so cold and I have family in Boston and I spent a winter in Boston where it was like the polar vortex that winter and it was just I was like I cannot live in cold weather and here I am in uh, Moscow, right. Russia, where it's going to get extremely cold, and I do not know what I'm going to do with myself. But guess what? I'll have really good heating, and I won't have to worry about having my apartment, you know, without heating, which people in Europe do have to worry about. So, um, yeah, that's pretty much. And you know, and living, and I moved around a lot as a kid. I moved to different schools because of that, because my dad's job. Um, He's basically a computer programmer, so he had a lot of projects throughout, especially the early, the 2000s. Uh, so we moved around a lot. And so that really, people thought I was like a military brat. And I'm like, no. Um, but we we really just, um, we, like, I was always new. So I always had to, like, make friends and, like, then leave. And then, and it was just, like, you meet different kinds of people, you different cultures, different uh, types of people. I've lived in Republican areas. You know, I, I knew I had like some of my best friends were Republicans were like, um, very conservative Christian types. I've lived in, you know, areas where there's, uh, very, very few people of color. Um, and then, so that definitely really just, I couldn't live when I chose to live somewhere. I couldn't live in like suburban America. I had to live somewhere that had a lot of culture because that's what I was used to. I was used to like meeting different people. And so LA really fit the bill. And um, I do miss LA a lot, actually. I don't really miss Florida um, at all. I, I feel at home more in LA um, because just so much of my life was there. So much of my, like just growing up was there. And like, 
Uh, I had a lot of friendships there and just like the realizations of things happen there and the weather is perfect <laughs> and the food is so great. But yeah. of course, LA uh, turned into something pretty awful during COVID. So that made it a lot easier to leave. Well, that's funny. I was actually going to ask you about like food and I was going to joke with you about, about pizza and give kid a hard time because other than New York pizza, what is your, your favorite food? And, um, because we all know that the, the Chicago pizza is just just tomato soup with some with some cheese on the bottom, but that's just to give kid a hard time and keep the pizza wars alive. Love you, kid. Um, but you know, you, you, there there are tons of food all over the world. Some of your your favorites again. You've got Peruvian culture. You, but I, my my other question was: so New York or L.A.? I'm guessing that was for acting. You wanted to do something in entertainment and acting. That was originally how you ended yeah. up in L.A. Yeah. Okay. And that's how you ended up meeting pasta and doing the whole. And I, I've heard the the whole real story and the fake story. And the anybody who wants to learn that, go watch the the two uh, Tara Reed episodes because pasta first tells the story, and then Tara explains the pasta story, and then Fee corrects the story and actually tells you what the story really is. It's great. I love I love the both of the two of them. Just yeah. just just awesome. Everybody thinks that you're a couple, but. I, I know that, that you're not. Okay. Uh, so not, so th no. that, that's another big question that I know a ton of people have, have always asked out there. So we can put that out there for the record that, that you're not a couple. Um, I'm sure. Not, no. I, I'm sure. Again, We're not each other's type to say the least. Uh, but I, 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 I do tell pasta he needs to have better taste because some of the women he's picked, I'm just like, Jesus Christ, fam. Like, oh my God. All right, so I don't want to talk. talk about uh, yeah, I don't want to talk smack about pasta. We're gonna do friends of any left with pasta. I could talk smack about pasta all day. He's gonna give me a hard time. The hardest thing I think is gonna be, he knows my real name, and he he usually defaults to calling me by my real name. He doesn't call me Indy. And like I told him, dude, when we do the stream, you're gonna have to actually call me Indy. He's like, oh my god, I because you know he's we we FaceTime. He sees my kids sometimes, and uh, again, you guys have really become fam. So. You know, um, uh, I want people to understand that, like, you know, they they are reachable, and again, maybe not everybody is reachable, and it it took two it took years to get to this point, and showing that I, I'm a, I watch their streams and support them and and fight other people who call them all kinds of crap every day. I'm starting to get that a little bit with INN, and and we're starting to make some some heat, um, and. Mm -hmm. You deal with that better than just about anybody I've ever seen. Um, you know, you, it either doesn't affect you or you don't let anyone see it affect you in a way that it's it's impressive. Um, I know others that have rabbit ears and can't help but read every single thing and it drives them crazy. I I just, I, I'm comfortable with my own skin. I know what I do and, and I'm cool with it, but... How do you deal with like the vitriol that comes at you on a daily, you know, Tara deals with it a little bit. You know, I, I, I work with Tara as well and you know, it, yeah. it, it affects her. Um, how, how do you, how do you kind of stay grounded and, and balanced and, and keep the, the positivity and, and, you know, it's funny, you know, people call us doomers, but I think that we have hope more hope than, than most. Cause if not, we would shut it the fuck down. Honestly, we just shut because we know, but we're we're still here fighting every day, you know. Um, so so how do you how do you deal with that? 
Um, so that's one of the the things that I think a lot of people when I came to Russia, even people that I've worked with on RT were like, what, like, why are you here? Because <laughs> it's like, <laughs> oh, do you realize what you're doing? Like, do you realize like what this is going to cause? And I think that goes back to um, in some aspects, you know, coming from being independent media and having been uh, I recently posted a 2017 post where I was defending RT in 2017 against because mm. they were being labeled in uh, a foreign uh, something. And, um, you know, I've had these views for a while. It's not like I just shifted my views to fit in with RT. I've had these views for a while. Um, and so I, it's just a matter of what is what more are they going to do Um besides you know kill somebody because that is a possibility when you're uh, a journalist right like uh, besides that you know uh, these these words um these smears all of these things that that they do what what why are they doing it right and they're doing it because you're a threat to the system and i think it's a badge of honor that you get all these smears and you get all these idiots like saying all this stuff about you spending their time creating parody accounts and literally like literally i changed my picture and two seconds later the parody accounts changed their picture they watch my content more than my my fans watch it because they then they go they're like oh she said this the, 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 the. i'm like you're my fan you love me like yeah you like you if you if you're you spent all this time focusing on like me and like all these smears and like you know finding out where my father used to work and all this stuff like you know, that that stuff is just like creepy because it's like, OK, you're you're trying to figure you're trying to go after my family, which is that is what the the intelligence apparatus will do. Um, yep. And that is something that I think, you know, people should fight against. And then that is something that is completely, you know, just uh, I don't I don't care what what they do to me. But it's just when you go touching people's families, which I've seen they've done also Misty as well. I mean, mm -hmm. I just think that's the lowest of the low. But they, they, it, I also go back to, you know, they're just trying to really stop you from doing what you're doing. And if they're trying to stop you from doing what you're doing, it's because you have an effect and people are listening and they they have no other way of, of doing this. Because what they're trying to do now is character assassinate people. They're trying to d discredit people. They're trying to just discredit the person and kill the person's character um, rather than literally uh, murder the person. And so that is is what, you know, so many people are fearful of that. And I, a lot of my colleagues here, when, of course, it was, uh, you know, the whole thing with Ukraine and Russia happened, a lot of a lot of the uh, British media literally is some of the most awful media ever. They're, they're mm -hmm. just as bad as the United States, if not worse. worse. They, they sanction their own people. So, uh, so a lot of the the journalists and anchors working in RT would uh, they would go after their families and they would try to to you know guilt their families or, or go after their families to try to get at them and it had happened to several people and that that is that is I can see how that is you know gonna it would drive a lot of people to quit um, that it would drive some people who want have aspirations of working saying for the BBC or for a mainstream outlet that's, you know, Sky News, a more popular mainstream media outlet, rather than the 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 targeted hated RT. And if you're if you're about your career more than I totally understand, like why you would leave and try to go work for somebody else. But if you're actually about the truth and about, you know, getting the, the things out there and really want to take a challenge instead of like running away from it, um, you know, then yeah, then then you would do the crazy thing and 
and do what we're doing because you mm. kind of have to be somewhat crazy to do this. Just like I, I, I used to say that about, you know, people being in the entertainment industry, you kind of have to be insane because it's, it's just, you, it's something that is just so hard to do so hard to, to, to put up with all this bullshit. And I see that with um, being in, in, in media and journalism, you, if you really want to do it right, you have to be insane to do it to a degree because it's not, you're going to get attacked constantly. I get so many attacks. I get so much crap. But I mean, what does that mean? And what is it going to do to me? It's just not going to do that much at the end of the day. I'm just going to continue doing what I'm doing. And uh, the people that believe me will believe me. And the people that don't want. And like the, the, the people that, you know, hate me now have hated me for a long time. The people that are like, see, I told you she was a Russian asset. This is what they, they've been. They were waiting for the moment to do that. So it's not really changing much in my life. It's just a matter of them now. Um, there's a bigger target on my back, right? And the more and the more things you do for the right reasons, unfortunately, the more targets you put on your back and you have to be willing to do that. And if you're not willing to do that, get get out of this work because it's not going to be a cakewalk at all. And I tell people that all the time. If you're not willing to really make some sacrifices and, and really... Um, get right and have thick skin as to all these things you're going to get told, um, then you're not, then you should get out because it's it's going to get worse in terms of the targeting of, of dissidents, right? That, that's what we're seeing now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, wow. And, and it's funny because uh, now with you being there, it's, it's, it's more like, yeah, they really can't touch me now. Like, physically more than ever right. so i i think that that even especially you know when it comes to police or intel agencies here that might have interest in stopping you from exposing certain things a la a jeffrey epstein a la a election you know a fraud type of scenario um it's a lot harder for them to to do that and and i'm eternally grateful for that and and that rt um is is has you over there now um and i love seeing the broadcast it's you look so so like professional it's like uh, you know i i see all like you got definitely you can see that you got like a makeup crew and 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 not that you don't look um, amazing doing it yourself here but it's it's just a you know it's it, it's almost like corporate media again because it there's a team. I mean, uh, I know Tara told yeah. me that you, you said to her, Tara, there's like a whole team of people that do like everything that that, that, that I did. Like it, it's, it, it's great. Um, but man, did we do a lot. <laughs> and, and I, I love that, that, that you're getting this kind of, of recognition and, and turning it into a, a real career where you're, fearlessly reporting on the same things that you're doing, that you were doing before. I mean, that's the best part, you know, and I, I want everyone to know that uh, she does not get, have her scripts written for her. Uh, she writes her own material, even at RT. Um, correct. I, I, I want, I want everyone to know that, you know, anyone that thinks it's, you know, even I thought so. No, she actually writes that stuff because the copy wouldn't sound like it's naturally from her and God bless her for doing that. And, and again, being able to fearlessly report and not have to worry about censorship and not have to worry about repercussions from who knows who. Um, yeah, uh, that's it, it. It's definitely um, 
more comforting to know that you're there. And again, I'm excited to see you covering Brazil. You covered, to, to tell everyone else where, where you've covered just in the last like two years internationally, because I know a few. Yeah, so we, uh, I went to Peru um, and then we went to Honduras, Nicaragua, Colombia, and we're going to be going to Brazil next. And obviously we've covered the electives and primaries in the United States, but we're going to be going to Brazil. This is a very important election, Lula versus Bolsonaro, um, two completely opposing ideologies, but there is certain things that are kind of iffy there, uh, where they stand on, on COVID. Um, and uh, Bolsonaro has been trying to placate to the right by being more anti-COVID and also being um, very, at the last minute, trying to give people money. He's been, and also he surprised a lot of people by talking to BRICS uh, countries, and which Lula, of course, is, is going to do. He's actually interested in doing a, um, a currency that's not the dollar. Mm -hmm. and and pushing that sort of thing so there's a lot of things going on with that election that we're going to go and ensure that they're fair because there's a lot of talk about uh you know they use machines there so it's a little bit different than other uh, other elections we've covered um there's a lot of talk about already people are saying it's rigged on one way or the other so that's why we're going to go um and i've never been to brazil i i've been wanting to go there and we're going to go with some of our good friends that we've met throughout these delegations uh, that are, you know, they do the work, they're anti-imperialist, they either have, they're either journalists or they're activists and they uh, know Latin America very, very well. Um, and then I think I'm looking at Argentina after that is the next one, which is another important uh, election happening. So there's a lot going on and we've covered as much as we could. Even when we didn't go, we had somebody on the ground that we knew that was covering, I think Chile's recent election there was um, that Bolivia's had a few, and Venezuela is another country I definitely want to go to, um, and Cuba, of course. I, I, you know, I love I love being here and stuff. I I, but I love the the warm weather. I'm like I'm like a warm weather person. It comes from my natural you know area of being from like the south. Um, so yeah, I just uh, it'll be interesting to see baby's first winter in Moscow, but. Um, other than that, like I would definitely like to be in a warmer climate, but you know, I really enjoy being here right now. I haven't had a chance to learn very much Russian, but I'm I'm trying and I'm working on it. But yeah, and are you getting like invited by the government to observe? Is this an, an a third party election thing? Are you just kind of going with an with a with a delegation? How, how did uh, and you know we got five minutes left. I, that's going to be something I want to ask you next time. I want to plug a few things, um, and, and and we're going to have to uh, – I'm sorry. Like, there's so many things I want to talk to you about, so we're going to have to do a part two another time. Um, you're going to have to honor me and come back, please, because uh, I know this was fun for you, too. You're, you're giggling. You're laughing. You're smiling. I know. And, 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 and we're good friends, and we're fam, and and we're going to, we're going to keep talking, and this was so much fun. So – Tell people, yeah, when they can find you, like you're not sleeping because you're doing both RT International and Convo Streams. You're doing fee rants. You're doing kind of everything. So where, when can they find you besides Twitter and everywhere else? So go ahead. Hello. So I was on the desk last month and the month before that, and I was anchoring. Now I've been doing, if you've noticed, corresponding. So I've been doing like little packages 
where I, I write uh, a script and then I say, you know, I talk about what I basically wrote about. Um, and so I've been doing those. The last one I did was on the Rand Corporation document. If you haven't found out, you should go on my Twitter. I, basically, the, the U.S. is uh, pushing to destroy Europe's economy via controlled demolitions. These are things that we've talked about on the Cabo couch mm -hmm. and discussed if that is the case. Well, there's more proof to show that now. So you guys can find my work on obviously Twitter, but you can watch RT on Odyssey, Rumble, Gab, um, and that that's live. They're live. We're going to be live on RT 18 hours. We're going to go back to 24 hours right now. We're live 18 hours of the day with news. And there's a lot of great documentaries there. You guys can obviously find me on the combo couch on YouTube, the combo couch, on rum uh rumble as well now so make sure to follow our rumble and the the combo couch on rockfin which has been a saving grace for us as well as a lot of, for a lot of people and uh we also have the combo couch at instagram which i post stuff on you can follow me on instagram on facebook and um and yeah that's pretty much it i also have a channel where I, you can watch and and i have a Substack as well um, that I plan on writing an article on this bullshit that I've been talking about. We didn't even get to talk about the the MAGA communism situation, right? Um, yeah, we so didn't talk about MAGA. We didn't talk about Substack and writing. Like again, there we got a ton of stuff to talk about. I didn't really necessarily want to yeah. talk about that, other than to say that I think it's bullshit too, and it's absolutely crazy. It's a talking point, <laughs> and it's yeah. Thanks for making the horseshoe theory that they've been talking about actually like look like it's going to come true instead of actually <laughs> like schmucks. What are you guys doing? Come on, guys. This is not what we're actually trying to do. Um, wow. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm so happy that I got a chance to actually talk to you again. I, I, I need to gush for another minute because I'm just, I'm kind of no, smitten. And, okay. <laughs> I know she gets all embarrassed when I talk about her. Well, nobody actually, you know, it's not that nobody does. It's just that nobody does when she's on stream because it makes her uncomfortable, but People actually do, you know, look, it's important to, to show the people that, that are there and support us to how much we appreciate that they're there. And when when these days are hard, um, uh, this, you know, she is one of the people that, that I go to um, and and I, I can't I can't say how much I appreciate that that friendship, that support and and how much she supported independent content creators, how she sees new streamers come up and she's. She'll go, she'll do an interview. She'll come on your, on, on your channel. You know, again, now it's a little bit harder scheduling wise, but you know, again, accessible, accommodating down to earth, real, but just killer, just a killer. And, and, and I love you to death. And I thank you so much for, for doing this. And, and we're going to, we're going to be back soon and, and thank you again and be safe. And I will talk to you. Probably later on you be tonight or, or tomorrow. Well, yes, thank you. And and well, you're traveling to Brazil and 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 you travel all over. So I, I didn't necessarily mean there. I just meant in general. But 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 you know yeah. we we want to look out for each other, fams. There's there's not many of us, and and we got we got to look out, and that's what we're doing. So again, thank you so much, everybody. This was Friends of Any Left, episode eleven. I can't believe it. This is gonna cut up as an awesome podcast, also. So you're gonna be able to listen to this. On our Substack, go to leftist.today. There's actually a podcast tab. All the other episodes, I think through episode nine, I've got to get the Alex Rubenstein up. Um, all the other ones are still up. Alex. Yeah, Alex was great. Um, and, and yeah, that was our last episode before this one from Friends of Any Left. We've got a playlist on YouTube. Alex, and the content creator. Yeah. Alex, the content creator. You can give him a hard time next time you talk to him.
All right, everybody. Thank you so much. Have a good night, everyone. Bye-bye. Indy left. Indy left. News and politics and all the rest. So much to do on the YouTube. So they curate a list for you. Do you want to watch your favorite creator or have a chat on Discord later? Well, you better get hip to Indie Left. Indie Left, Indie Left.news.